Now it's time for a breakdown. You're listening to Gap to Gap, brought to you by The Breakdown. Three, two. Pebbles drill deep to left field. Going back choice. Looking up. See ya. 3,000. History with an exclamation point. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Swing and a drive to deep right, away back, goal! Jason Giambi has done it! Episode number 81, and boy oh boy, do we have a lot to dive into. Um, Unfortunately, uh, today's episode is not going to be filled with outstanding, fun baseball news, but it is going to be... One of our more interesting ones. As always, I'm Tommy. Joining me as always is Seven. How are you, my friend? I'm good. uh, We're locked and loaded here, just like uh, what's behind (laughs) the pictures that Mickey Galloway was sending. Yeah, we are locked and loaded indeed. And uh, if, if you haven't heard, Mickey Calloway in some hot water after an article published by The Athletic. And this is just... A whole lot of not good. No, this is <laughs> this is pretty bad. Um, this effect. So the the running joke obviously is meet the Mets, but this is more than meet the Mets. This is meet Mickey Callaway and his. Yeah, this is meet the Mick. This is meet the Mick. Uh, Dick Pick which, Mick. Which let's let's be clear, Mickey Callaway, not the racial slur for Irish. No, <laughs> uh, not at all. He although. <laughs> You might have some fighting words. He's going down with his ship. He's swinging. So yeah, he is indeed. This is, this is. Oh boy. I love. Before we get into it, I just love that. I mean, in almost all of these stories with sexual harassment, sexual assault allegations, the the person of interest or the accused almost never will give a comment directly. I should say, like the lawyers or the reps will always say something like, "Oh, no comment," or. We're investigating this internally. Credit to Dick Pick Mick for just coming out and actually responding to some of these inquiries because they asked him about all of these sexcapades and he essentially was just like, yeah, I had some intermarital affair or intermarital. What's the word I'm looking for? I had intermarital. some intermarital, intermarital, intermarital. I had some intermarital affairs, but I don't think it was that bad. Like, oh boy, Mick, which is... Oh boy, what did you do that was bad? <laughs> if this isn't that bad, where is your line guy? Yeah, there's no line in the sand when it comes to uh, Mickey Galloway. There's a line in the DMs, though. There is. And boy, oh boy, is Mickey Calloway. I mean, what? I, yeah, this is bad. I, I feel bad making jokes about it. But, like, holy shit. Not only was this woman married... Mickey is married. Not only was this unprompted, the husband is the one that blew the, blew the whistle, which is wild to me. That he kept like, blowing it, too. Like, he, he was alerting everyone about it. Yeah, from fan services and up. <laughs> like, 
Think about that for a second. He called fan services. He's like short of going to the guy that serves fucking soft pretzels to say <laughs> that his wife was being sent dick pics by Mickey Calloway. So like, the Indians the Indians have a couple pretty like like Cleveland famous vendors. Um, one's the beer guy, the other's is the margarita guy, and they both have very distinct callouts. And this guy was pretty much hanging up the beer guy, like, Beer guy! We got some dick pics over here! Like, what are we doing here? I know, I, if, ironic if he called the hot dog guy, right? Ah, yeah, 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 that's not good. Like, no. Another thing, as we get through the report and we kind of work through this athletic article, which, boy, if you haven't read it, hang on, because it's, it's, it's a roller coaster. Um, I just, I, I can't get, like, if there really was a report filed to Major League Baseball about the situation, the Dolans cannot play dumb about this like they're trying to and claim they don't know well then from in that same breath then everyone can't i mean from literally oh, fan yeah. services up no one can play them because the lengths this man went to to let it be known that and good for him I, here's the thing good for him for standing up for his wife who was being sexually harassed by a, a high-profile individual. Yeah, I mean, I don't, so it's like I've read a couple different reports. Uh, I'm not sure which one is 100% correct until they actually come out and you know deem it correct. But I've read that he knew his wife was in a consensual relationship with Mickey Calloway, and then I've also read that he didn't know that she was cheating on him. So he's either a giant cuck or he's just a man out for fucking vengeance. So either way you look at it, he definitely went to the extreme on both levels. Yep. And this is... It's one of those things where I feel weird putting stuff out into the ether, especially on a podcast, before everything comes out. We have enough information. Yeah, I want to say, we do have a, a good amount of information here. But... It just, man, it feels weird. This guy began to read, quote, began reaching out to some, via, to some via messages to their LinkedIn accounts. <laughs> hey, hoping it connects. What? So, uh, I'm, I'm shook. Oh, this is Callaway was reaching out to the women via their LinkedIn account. <laughs> oh my gosh. First, amazing that he has a LinkedIn. Like, I feel like you don't really need the LinkedIn when you're in professional sports. Like, they yeah. know your resume pretty much uh, before well, they talk to you. Oh, uh, shit. What's his name? Taylor Heineke, quarterback of the Redskins, has a LinkedIn. And John like, Wolford on the Rams had one, too. That's what, that's what I'm thinking of. It wasn't Heineke. It was Wolford. That's it. But holy cow. what This is this is insane. This is This, is, this makes it hard to have quote it didn't matter what you looked like what size whether you were white or black asian or hispanic he'd be creepy towards you said one woman i'm sorry this makes it really hard to have a a light jokey podcast no i know but i'm just thinking of him like going through linkedin like because 
going through LinkedIn like it's Tinder. Yeah, just like you have a certain number of like emails you can send per month. So he must have burned through those fucking things by like the second day of the month. At least one former staffer coined the phrase, quote, the Mickey treatment in regards to his conduct towards women. Oh my god. What? This is insane. And, like, I know people in this space in terms of, like, Indian staffers. And contact with players isn't uncommon. And especially being a female, it's not uncommon. As You know, not to say boys are boys, but there is a level of just straight horniness in an MLB clubhouse. I mean, there's a level, but... But man, oh man, to to comb through LinkedIn and to have quote the Mickey treatment, which we can go into the into the <laughs> the levels of something called the Mickey treatment. Whew. A lot to unpack here. This is a lot to unpack. And so so let's get off of the actual business of of what Mickey Calloway was doing. And talk about the baseball side of things, because let's just say, because it's starting to be known, or we're starting to get a picture, that the Cleveland Indians organization made some effort in some way or another to, to wisp this under the rug, and sweep it under the rug, and make it not known to the public. So I don't even think he was trying to sweep it under the rug, because multiple people knew, right? So... I think it was just one of those situations where... I mean, the Indians, not necessarily... Um, well, even, the Met, <clears throat> excuse me, even the Mets knew at, at, at one point. Um, they were saying that multiple people... So I, what happened was... because the, the Well, the husband definitely knew because the husband alerted the Mets too when Mickey Calloway signed as their manager. Yeah. Yep. Um, so the Mets were aware. It's This isn't like an isolated incident where it just happened once... And Which means the Angels had to have known when they hired him as their pitching coach. Oh, 100%. And I think that's why you're seeing now that the Angels aren't handling any part of the investigation. Major League Baseball is doing the investigation. And unlike the NFL doing an investigation, I think this might actually bear some fruit. Because typically when the MLB gets involved in any investigation, where there's domestic abuse, performance-enhancing drugs for the most part, uh, and whatever this falls under, uh, they will usually wrap it up and actually come down with a punishment that should fit the crime. I am waiting to see how they actually, you know, judge this though, because this isn't a player. This isn't conduct detrimental to the team. He's not on PDs. You know, I, I get it's tech. I mean, you could look at it as the same penalty being levied as if it were domestic abuse but again i don't know if that falls here this is like a totally new category now i want to say i at some point and i i had this conversation today at some point there is an extramarital affair is obviously never great but there is a level of to each their own and right. at what point does it does it cross the line as an employer to step into the personal life of the employee and judge right versus wrong in that sense? See, that's why, and it's, this is going to sound like I'm trying to defend it and I'm not, 
But to your point, whatever someone does outside of their professional existence shouldn't have any bearing within the realm of not like committing heinous crimes. I should point mm-hmm. that out. But whatever they do in their personal life shouldn't have any bearing on what they do in their professional life. So I don't find it necessary for the Indians to basically fire everyone. Listen, a, a guy calls about one of your coaches banging his wife. Yeah, it's probably like, okay, we'll talk to him about it. But it's also at the same token, it's like, oh, well, we're not going to suspend everything we're doing just to fucking look into this because it's not their business. It's At that point, it's Mickey Calloway's. I think what got him into steaming hot water was the fact that this was a pattern and he harassed journalists and other members of the media mm-hmm. to the point where it blew back and, on the team. And if it becomes non-consensual at that point. Well, then that's a difference. Yeah, that's a, that's a bigger issue in more ways than one. Exactly. I think I think if this is just a consensual extramarital affair, then it's not really the Indians' place to like fire Francona, fire Chris Antonetti, fire Mike Chernoff uh, for not making strides to cover it or to to, to you know let this affair be brought to light. You know what I mean? Exactly. No, exactly. And I think that's the whole thing. Like, I don't think Francona owes anything to anyone to fall on the sword for what his coach was doing outside of his professional life. But the problem was the lines seemed to be very blurred. Mm -hmm. And if Frank, so Francona obviously knew about this affair. The husband let that be known. If throughout the investigation, they find out that, everyone knew about the harassment or the alleged harassment with other journalists and media members, then that's a bigger issue now because now that yep. does affect the workplace. So I can understand if at the end of this, it comes back and Cleveland has to make some decisions around their personnel, especially with their, their coaching staff uh, all the way up to Antonetti. But I don't think, I think we're jumping the gun now by saying you have to fire everyone who ever knew this guy because not everyone knew how deep this went with him i would have to i mean i have to assume that not everyone understood that what he was doing was you know the the professional side of things if it's just him getting his rocks off and he's doing it outside you know working hours that's on him that's between him the wife and the husband you don't have to bring major league baseball into that but because of the other allegations we we have to talk about this now if he's getting his nut off and it's consensual Buy me some peanuts and crack. <laughs> hey Um, If it's consensual, it's not the organization's place. If it was not consensual and it was it, harassment plus is how I'm going to phrase it. Yeah. Then go scorched earth, fire everybody, get them all out. See, that's, a, that, like, that's the thing, though. I agree, but at the same time... Let's let the facts come out. That's why. Yeah, that, and that's what I mean. Let the facts come out. Let let's find out if this thing was consensual or not. Like that's my my problem with the whole Francona situation. It's like Terry Francona. For all we know, I mean, as fans, we don't know him as a human being, but he seems like a pretty stand up guy, and to the point where, you know, that's all we really can tell from watching a baseball game or watching him do press conferences he seems like a good guy i don't think he would ever disclose anything or keep anything hidden if he knew how serious it was at the same breath 
his son going scorched earth on him mm-hmm. seems to be a little bit premature, and I'm assuming he was just trying to get in front of it before something came to blow back on the Franconas. Uh, I just think his son's handling of this just dialed it up to 11. Yeah, I'm saying, if, if you haven't seen Nick Francona going absolutely buckwild on Twitter.com and making, I mean, I, making throwing his dad under the bus. Yeah, so Thanksgiving's going to be very awkward in 2021, at the very least. To say the absolute least, yes. It is going to be a absolute just bloodbath around the turkey. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I don't agree with what Nick Francona did at all. I, I, I can't. I was trying to think about it. Like, okay, t- so Terry I thought, Francona, I thought, I thought he, he didn't do anything wrong. I thought of it in this regard, and I just want your opinion on this. If dad lies and son knows the truth, is it then son's responsibility to lie and back dad or should son tell the truth because that's kind of where we're at right now son should just say nothing but if he's asked directly because he very much was i guess i mean so if that's the thing you know what i mean like then i guess you don't have to lie but you don't have to tell the truth you can just you can pull a classic no comment or we're still, yeah. you know, you don't have to throw Like it's one thing to say, like we might've known something was up, um, but we didn't know it was this bad and, and take the lying route. It's another thing to go scorch earth on your father. What you should do in that situation is just say, listen, we're still gathering all the facts like everyone else. Once we find out the full scope of this thing, you'll have a comment from us, but it's too early to, to say anything right now. Like that's all you have yeah. to do. I, I'm not, not disagreeing. I'm not disagreeing. This is just, it's so much, so much in one day to just come through and, and to dump it all on, on one organization. Holy cow. Um, staying in that same organization and the shortstop that, oh yeah, if you, if you forgot, we lost our star player this year. They're having a tough, (laughs) tough, tough start to 2021. Mom and dad got divorced, and then somebody kicked our dog, and then someone stole the dog. <laughs> yeah, so Cleveland's looking for its own John Wick at this point, I believe. Oh, my gosh. Um, Francisco Lindor comes out today, and basically, I'll, I'll find the exact quote, but basically saying he, he took problem with the nickname Frankie instead of being Francisco. Um, here, quote, this from Nick Stellini. Matt's broadcast just said Francisco Lindor thought that the people who started calling him, quote, Frankie in Cleveland were being lazy. Good for him. That always bothered me. Um, Nick Stellini's a fucking squid. Number one. Okay. I don't know enough about Nick Stellini, but I'll take your, I'll take your squid comments and, uh, and, and agree with it. But does he not understand how nicknames work? Yeah. Like we were, we were, when we were texting about this earlier, just no. Because this is this was a run of the mill story compared to everything else that blew up today, but it was, and I, I, I I'm, I'm intentionally doing this be- to give us a nice <laughs> little palate cleanser before we hit the next one. I know it's when I saw like I saw this and I was like, okay, like, do you think anyone's really saying Francisco like every single time they see you? And it made me think like my sister's name is Alexandra. We call her Lexi. 
I would never call her Alexandra every time I saw her. My brother is William. We call him Billy. I don't call him William. Like, I, you don't need to call them by their proper fucking government name with every interaction you have. And I understand as a broadcast analyst, you might feel inclined to say Francisco Lindor, and that's fine because you're giving their proper name when announcing them. But if you're in the clubhouse, you think everyone on the team is saying, hey, Francisco, great at bat. Or, hey, Francisco, way to run it out. No, they're saying Frankie. <laughs> yeah, okay, this just showed me, and put the sport of it aside, this just showed me that Francisco Lindor would never survive in a hockey locker room. Everybody I don't think he's going to survive is, in New York, period, dude. Everybody is first syllable of your last name, E. Frankie, Timmy, Tommy, Dougie, how we doing? Like, Frankie, like, like, oh my gosh. Like, this is such a non-story to me that Francisco Lindor is trying to make a story. Yeah, he's Not to just... mention the fact, not to mention the fact that a story came out last week about the uh, Francisco Lindor essentially quitting on the Indians mm. and saying he got lazy in the weight room here he got he, he lost passion for the weight room and just kind of coasted it out I mean uh, <sighs> it, I don't think he of all people is in any place to call people lazy no um, and I think it, there's truth to that too because he got hurt, and he had the injuries. Um, his numbers seem to decline a little bit. I, I tend to believe that report that he probably just, you know, not to say he gave up, but he probably started coasting a little bit. And whether or not that's because the Indians didn't want to pay him or, who, like, who knows? I'm sure it had, well, probably 90% of it had to do with the money. Yeah, uh, but, the then to come out next, but to come out the next week and call people who called you Frankie lazy... Oh, Who the no, fuck so that, are you, guy? That's the hypocrisy in all of this. And that's why I just don't give a fuck what he has to say. He's not going to make it in New York. Let's be honest right now. If this is what's getting under his skin, he's destined to fail in the Big Apple. And I, it's not like... Because the Mets are, have a ton of pressure on them this, this season. And this is unlike any Mets team that I can say I've seen in my lifetime. I'm sure you could say the same thing. I can't mm-hmm. think of, of another Mets team that had this type of pressure and this type of off-season expectations heading into spring training, let alone. Um, if they don't make the play... So, hey, if they don't make the playoffs, this is a travesty. But they're, like, expected to at least win the division. And yeah. if he... And he's talking about getting a long-term contract and all that shit. If he can't get by the fact that people are going to call him by a different fucking name or a nickname, not even a different name. Like, it's his fucking name shortened. If he can't get over that, then wait for his first mini slump of like an 0 for 10 in New York City because every fucking magazine, newspaper, sports talk radio, the fan, they are going to be all over him and he's not going to know how to react because he didn't have that type of pressure in Cleveland. Yeah. Mainly because people didn't give a shit until it was playoff time. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a small market. Like he went to the Mecca of markets on the East Coast. So he's, I mean... You are now looked at. People are talking about Lindor and the Mets more than they're talking about Judge Stanton and the Yankees for the first like for the first time in a long time. And I don't. This is uncharted territory. And as a Yankees fan, I got to say I love it because there's not a ton of talk going on about my team. And I just love how the Mets are just destined to fail at everything they do. So this, I can't wait. I mean, 
I'd be lying if I said I wouldn't mind watching him fall flat on his face. Not from like a and malicious like, here, standpoint. Here's the thing. Here, I would say not from a malicious standpoint, but like, dude, like, don't let the door hit you on the way out. Like, he couldn't have gotten out of Cleveland quick enough. And no. like, he drops the Lindor ones, which I think actually don't look as good as I thought they were expecting to. Like, good for him for getting a signature shoe. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm very, I'm very eh on. On, on 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 Francisco Lindor, and it was a player that I was so high on, and now to see him fall off so quick, I thought I was gonna be all in on on the Mets. Like I was I was con- on the verge of converting to the Mets bandwagon. Yeah, I was um I was looking at his career numbers today because they they showed him. Uh, I was watching MLB Network, and I mean for what this guy like all the hype around, and I understand he's a great player. I'm not don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's not great. But for all the hype he gets and how he's supposed to be like this fucking, you know, second coming of Jesus for the Mets, his numbers aren't by any means like a godsend. He's a 285 hitter. He has like, I think, 400-something career RBIs, 128 home runs. Like, yeah, I get it. He's a good shortstop. But let's not put him in front of, you know, the all-time greats before he plays one fucking inning in New York. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, Man, I just, I'm having a hard time. I'm having a hard time with this. I'm having a hard time with everything right now, if we're being honest. This is not what I needed as we're coming out of a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> You're down with the sickness. I'm so... This is not fun. I'm not having fun anymore. Mom, pick me up. I'm scared. <laughs> I'm scared. If it's any solace, you know that the Mets are going to royally fuck this season. So just get ready. Is the is the NL East the most talented division in baseball? I don't think it's the most talented. I, I, I th- we talked about it last episode. I think it's the the probably the most competitive because all of these teams like you can even put the Phillies into there now. And I'm so down on the Phillies all the time, but I would say there's no clear cut, absolute runaway train in this division. And when you think about it. The Mets are, you know, they're, they're the talk of the town. They're the talk of the NL East. Let's not forget that they still have the Braves, who are the crowning champs, or the reigning champs, I should say. The Nationals, who are two years removed from winning the fucking World Series. The Marlins, who made the playoffs last year over the fucking Mets in expanded playoffs. So that just shows you how bad That's the Mets were. Like, is, this, is this the most talented division in baseball? Is this going to be the toughest division in baseball? Toughest, yes. Most talented, No. Fair. Most competitive, yes. Most talented, I would give to the NL West just for all the star power that's over there with those two teams. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, let's stay on the West Coast with that comment. The Seattle Mariners um, in <laughs> just as much of hot water. I, this is a week old story, but but we we didn't get a pod deal last week. So, oh baby, the Mariners just doing the most, huh? Doing the most with. As little as you need. Like, literally a fucking Zoom call into a goddamn brunch. A rotary what... club! Yeah, like, this is... Hey, nice breakfast. I'm sure everyone was entertained by that Zoom call. I mean, you'd have to you'd have to try not to be entertained. Could you imagine... Alright, we're, we're a year into this thing. We've, we've both had our fair share of Zoom calls. Could you imagine your company rewards you with... President of the Mariners, right? Uh, yeah, it's president. No, it's president. President of the Mariners. Our CEO, president but of yeah. the Mariners. And and this guy comes on and just starts 
doing the the least politically correct statements about Asian American players, about Spanish players, about women. Like, was there a couple of misogynist comments in there? No, there's no misogyny that I could find in the comments. But just a whole I mean, lot of racism. Got it. That's so much better. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He covered his tracks on one on one area. I mean, he th- my man, my man said. We told him we were going to stop paying his interpreter. His English improved real quick. You don't say that. Well, the so what's he funny about the that outside, comment, he, leading up to it, he was like, we don't want to pay him $75,000 a year. It's like, bro, you're the president of a fucking billion-dollar Major League Baseball organization. You don't have 75k laying around on a year-to-year basis to pay a fucking said, interpreter. The best part about it is, and credit to Katie Nolan for for pointing this out, um, he said, "We're gonna play the pay." We decided we're gonna pay the player X, and he said the word X, and it gives you the thought that hey, we're gonna we're we're gonna pay the player X, but we're not gonna pay the interpreter Y. Instead, he goes, "We're gonna pay the player X. We're not gonna pay the interpreter seventy five thousand dollars." You said the inside. You said the part that people know. <laughs> you said that part as X. You leave that as a variable. I'm not a math wizard, but boy, it feels like you fucked up somewhere in here. That's less than ten percent of what they paid the player too, which is hilarious when you think about it. Like, pay, like players pay their agents a range. Pay attention from... in span in Spanish class, kids. By the way. Yeah, like he, you're paying a fraction of the 10% that players normally pay their agents. And this is coming from the team owner or the team president paying an interpreter. Like that's not much off his bottom line. So the fact that he just kind of let the cat out of the bag on what they're paying him to begin with is just assing out on his part. And then he goes on to talk about one of his, uh, I believe Julio Rodriguez. Yeah. Julio Rodriguez saying Rodriguez has got a personality bigger than all of you combined. He is loud. His English is not tremendous. End statement. Just like, he's loud, but his English sucks. How many people would you qualify that you know, how many people would you qualify their English as tremendous? Uh, I would say not many. I don't know. I mean, it's tough to say. English seems to be sliding on a scale with all these Gen Zers, so it's sus, as they would say. (laughs) <laughs> is sus tremendous english you think uh, apparently not for mather I, I, it's definitely not up to his standards not worth the seventy-five thousand dollar investment to get them to uh orally and verbally communicate the right way on his scale dude like these comments are just on another level there's more then, too there's i would more. say let's uh, then when you get into the 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 service time aspect of it will get away from the actual mis- uh, racism and, and and you know politically correct bad stuff. Now we're getting into the baseball bad stuff with with Jared Kalenic, who's gotten his fair share of run on this program. For, yeah, not for, for the great reason. Yeah, I was saying not for great reasons, but you know when, when mom's double cheeked up on a Thursday afternoon, <laughs> you gotta you gotta let the people know about it. He's out here with all that ass. <laughs> Fucking dump truck in the Northwest. <laughs> Look out. Oh my god. <laughs> Who needs the waste management bins to give away signs when you just smack Kalenic's mom's ass? <laughs> oh my gosh. But okay. The hush hush part about service time 
that people say it's very clear that MLB teams manipulate service time to get so again at its core manipulation of service time holding a player in the minors before their debut so their official service time clock does not start therefore you get a longer amount of team control before that player goes in or is free agent eligible wait you're telling me you don't believe that teams keep players down for two weeks to work on their hitting when miraculously say, so, after 14 days they've found god let's talk about that for a second like that is as as bare bones of a service time or service time manipulation conversation as, as, as I have, as like you can have, right? That's a good like mm-hmm. entry level uh, description. And now you have the, so service time manipulation is something that, that teams do and everybody knows they do, but nobody comes out and says they do. And that's to your, the, the point that you made of like a guy like Francisco Lindor had his service time manipulated. The Indians held him in the minors for a month and just, oh, look, on May 1st, he's all of a sudden big league ready. He wasn't, but now all of a sudden he is. Yeah, he really needed that extra week to, to get his swing down because the other 700 plate appearances didn't count. Um, yeah, and I'm sure I'm sure those six weeks with Columbus's coaching staff was the, the, the last boost that he needed to, <laughs> to, to, to be big league ready. It's there's there's one team I'm trying to remember who it was. There was one team. It's probably fucking at, Seattle. <laughs> no, no, no. They're the opposite. They just brought someone up because they knew that he could help. So I and I'm, it's was it the Blue Jays? It probably was the Blue Jays to be honest, because their whole because remember team. we had the, we had the service time manipulation discussion in regards to Vladdy Jr. That's right. Yeah, it was Vlad Jr. And they just fucking they brought him up like just. So credit to some of these teams that are just like, you know what, like, at the same time, like, I get it. If you're a smaller market team, you don't have a lot of cash, and you're strapped in that department. I get it. Service time manipulation is more on the the system than it is the team. If you create a system that you can intentionally manipulate to benefit your bottom line in the long term, I think teams would almost arguably be foolish not to well there's a catch-22 with those teams that are manipulating it from the get-go anyway if that's the type of culture that you're you're just breeding so let's say like a team like the royals who you know more than likely will have nothing to play for this year and probably next year as well in that sense it makes no sense for them to keep any of their young talent down because at this point they're in full rebuild we just have to evaluate they're in evaluation mode and we know that going into it so you're probably going to see their top prospects be called up when they're ready when they're actually deemed ready um now a team like the mariners who for the first time in a long time have you know one of the deepest farm systems in the game and all of them are around the same age None of them have hit the clock or started the clock yet, I should say. So as a team, you're thinking, well, shit, like we want that. We want to keep all these guys because we want to affect the bottom line in the long run. The catch 22 is if you wait too long to bring these kids up and your fans are just starting to get, you know, apathetic to your team in general. By the time you bring Mm -hmm. them up, it's not going to cause a giant return to fucking stardom. And it's also not a clear indicator that everyone's going to pan out. So mm-hmm. from that standpoint, keeping these kids down and keeping your best products off the field, because at the end of the day, they look at them as products. They're just skews on a fucking map. Yep. They just want them to go out there to sell tickets. So at some point, 
fans are just going to get disinterested. They're not going to give a shit. They're gonna be, you know what? Fuck it. I'm not waiting another two years to see Jared Kalenic. Like, I'll move on. I'll cut my losses. And I'll watch the A's. Because I know the A's will bring their kids up. Like, that happens. And I have yeah. to assume it's probably going to happen to the Mariners with how shitty this organization is run. <clears throat> yeah. And, like, so so going back to the original the original comments, he essentially said just out loud, I have yeah, we're going to be right service time. Go for it. Go for it. He said, quote, There was no chance you were going to see these young players at T-Mobile Park. We weren't going to put them on the 40-man roster. We weren't going to start the service time clock. There were all kinds of reasons that if we had an injury problem or a COVID outbreak, you might have seen my big tummy out there in left field. You would not have seen our prospects playing in T-Mobile Park. End quote. I mean, shout out to the self-awareness of big tummy. See, even that was hyperbole. I was like, this guy's like, not big, big tummy. He's definitely big tummy, but not big, big tummy. Just, you know, couldn't couldn't stop himself. He really couldn't. (laughs) You said said the quiet part out loud at the fucking Rotary Club of all things. This wasn't, you know, like, he wasn't trying to do the how do you do fellow kids and try and make himself relatable to the youth. And, And he... He let this all slip at, like, a future CEO's convention. This was your fucking run-of-the-mill Seattle Rotary Club. Yeah, like, this isn't a, a, a sit-down with Buster Olney or a fucking TED Talk. You're right. I mean, this essentially happened over just a regular meet-and-greet, over a Zoom, of all places, where you can literally prepare as you are giving the speech. Like, you can have notes in front of you and everything. And I've played it. I've played in my local Rotary Club's golf outing. It's not. I, I, no disrespect to Parma Rotary. It's not the meeting of the minds. Like Bill Gates is not rolling through your local Rotary Club meeting. No, I mean they're they're Rotary clubs. But it's it, it, I hate to say, it, but it's kind of in the name. Like it's just, Does the you know. average people know what a Rotary Club is? Or, or, does an average person know what a Rotary Club is? And what they do? You might have to explain that for some of the average listeners. I, I say that because I don't necessarily know. It, it, to me, it comes across like a, a networking, like, let's see what we can do for the city and also have good business ethics. Let's look, let's look us up as, <laughs> together as a, as a fun little gap-to-gap family here. Uh, what is a Rotary Club? Is it like a country club? Like, So, Rotary International, which is what I am ass- assuming this thing does. Oh Rotary God. members believe that we have a shared responsibility to take action on our world's most persistent issues. Our 35,000 plus clubs work together to, quote, promote peace, fight disease, provide clean water, sanitation, and hygiene, save mothers and children, please be more broad with that statement, support education, and grow local economies. Our mission, we provide service to others, promote integrity, and advance world understanding, goodwill, and peace through our fellowship of business. Prof- okay, so I'm right. I'm right. Yeah, it's a networking it's, it's a networking. networking also while treetops what can we do for the community yeah community outreach and I mean. what in the first of all why? why 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 do we have the president of the mariners speaking at this rotary club meeting second i feel like was this a q a with the rotary members 
and like these guys grilled him harder than the Seattle media. And he just cracked. No, I th- it doesn't sound like this. Was, uh, that would be hilarious if it was. I, th- I think what happened because it, it sounds like it was like a breakfast meeting, uh, like over a Zoom with the rest of the members of the community, and I, I think it was just like he's oh we have a special guest speaker, uh, you know, Kevin Mather from the Seattle Mariners is, is going to talk about business. And the funny thing is, like, the mission statements of the Rotary Clubs that we just read, it's like, promoting goodwill and peace and fortune and business and networking. Let's bring Kevin Mather in, who stands for the exact opposite of the values of any Rotary Club that's ever been in fucking existence. If you're um, hosting that Zoom, I just, the Rotary president the, was pro- probably got off that Zoom and was like, okay, guys, so... This was fun. Thank you to Kevin Mather. Um, our next meeting. And, like, probably had to do this the most awkward stumble recovery you've ever seen. Oh, 100%. Like, can you imagine the the absolute, like, secondhand embarrassment if you're running this road recall? Oh, goal? I can't even imagine. I feel it through the comments. And I wasn't in the Zoom. Yeah, this was... This, this is, is bad, just tough. dude. This is, this is bad. And... You and know, not I, to mention, not to mention the comments that he made about Kalenic personally. He oh, said, yeah. he said about Kalenic's attitude. Well, he's he sure has the. I'll find the exact quote. But he he essentially poked fun at Kalenic betting on himself, basically saying, "Hey, we offered him a seven-year deal with multiple outs," and he said, "You know, he bet on himself," which. More power to him. <laughs> like, it was straight just Jim Carrey fucking chuckle to myself vibes. Yeah, I, the other thing, too, is he he basically used the example of, I believe it was Evan White. Yeah, Evan White, the the first, the, remember the minor league first baseman, he signed that massive contract extension in terms of how yeah. long it was before he ever played in the MLB. He was trying to compare Kalenic to Evan White, which, A, Apples and oranges. Jared Kalenic's the top prospect in baseball. Evan White was a fucking scrub. Um, saying, well, it worked out for White. It's like, dude, White was a marginal talent. He's going to jump at mm-hmm. any opportunity to get money. Jared Kalenic is potentially, and again, we haven't seen him yet, but he's potentially supposed to be one of the best outfielders in the game. I have a feeling he can do better than a small deal that you were going to give him, no matter how many outs there were. The other thing I thought was funny, like, it's just, it's hilarious to hear this guy speak about player evaluation because clearly he has no idea how to evaluate players. Because then he also bumbled this when he said about Taiwan Walker thinking they could bring him back. But he said, there's no way we're going to bring him back. He thinks he's going to get a three-year deal. I don't think he's going to get a three-year deal. As it turned out, Walker got a three-year deal. Um, so, I, yeah. I just don't, I don't understand why no one else from the Mariners organization wanted to join the Zoom with him to maybe keep him in line because clearly people have seen him or heard him speak like this behind closed doors. So I, ju- I would just have to assume that someone dropped the ball here to be like, Ooh, you know what? I think someone should probably be on this with Kevin just in case he starts talking too much and no one showed up. Yeah, where's your... Where- <laughs> Where's your get back guy? Like, at some point, like, as soon as he makes a comment about the interpreter, all right, that's all the time we have, guys. Thanks, bye. Click. 
See ya. Yeah, thanks so much for coming out to the Rotary Club event. We're going to give it off to uh, Bill from Neighborhood Watch, and he's going to talk about his plans. <laughs> so, yeah, this was... Uh, what's going on with the MLB the last couple of weeks? Like, dude, dude, I don't know. It's fucking hard. public relations not exist anymore? I guess not. Oh, my I God. This is bad, though. Uh, this there's is more quotes. Bad. There's more quotes. I mean... If you guys really want to get into reading more about this, I suggest checking out the athletic article on him. Um, Here's my last one, and I'm, I'm going to wrap on the um, on, on the Kalenic quote. Quite frankly, we think he's going to be a superstar, Mather said of Kalenic during the Rotary Club video call. <laughs> <laughs> we control his major league career for six years, and after six years, he'll be a free agent. We would like to see him get a few more at-bats in the minor leagues, probably AAA Tacoma, for a month, then he will likely be in left field at T-Mobile Park for the next six or seven years. Mather, t- which, first of all, you just told on yourself, and, and you deliberately told on yourself, saying that you're manipulating the service time. We control his career for six years. Oh, we're going to give him another month. Now it's six or seven years. Yep. All right, Mather also told the Rotary Club members that... Not the media, the Rotary Club. Yeah, this again, the Rotary Club. Also told the Rotary Club members that Seattle had made a six-year offer to Kalenic, quote, with options to go further, but that made the Jewel prospect, or I'm sorry, but that the Jewel prospect rejected the deal. Mather said Kalenic had told the team, quote, he's going to bet on himself. I mean... It's a fair argument for Kalenic. It's a great argument for Kalenic. Bet on yourself, dude. I'm all in on it. This is... Mather has since resigned, if you didn't know, but... Boy, oh boy. Boy, oh boy. Do we got problems in the Emerald City. Yeah, um, I just, it's also fine. Like, after all this happened with the Rotary Club members, you know, those the high-ranking officials that joined the, the Rotary Club Zoom meetings, uh, it did create some waves. Garrett Cole was probably the most vocal to come out and, and give his comments basically calling out every major league front office that manipulates service time and calling them assholes. Uh, so good for him. I mean, I think it did happen to Cole as well when he was in Pittsburgh. Surprise, surprise. Uh, another yeah, surprise, team. surprise. A small market team that probably wouldn't be able to retain him when they needed to manipulated his service time. Color me shocked. But uh, I think, and that's the whole thing. Like, we, and I, I'll go back and I'll say it again. The longer you wait and hold on to these assets, it's like driving a car off the lot. It depreciates the second you hold the fucking steering wheel. Let the kids play. If you have talent that you know can impact your team at the major league level, let them play right away. And if you can't hold on to them, then keep drafting. Like I think the Royals and the Astros are, are good examples of how to do that and, and make a winning club out of you know a very small market team. The A's and the Rays... Uh, in, in the most recent examples of that, I, I mean, there's ways you can get around it. Like, huge shout out to the Rays, by the way. I fucking I bag on the Rays all the time, but the Rays are one of the few teams that actually reward their young players and will call them up at a moment's notice. They know that they oh, can't sure. resign them. They, yeah, like they'll never resign them. Oh, they're they're never going to give the big contract extension out. But credit to them because they give a lot of these players their starts where other teams wouldn't, and then those players end up going on to other teams and signing bigger deals with them, and so the wheel continues to spin. Um, yep. You know, I, I think 
there needs to be more of that throughout baseball. And I think if you start seeing that happen, you're going to see a lot more teams actually build more value internally because players are actually going to want to stay there because they like the team that they're building around them. Whereas the Mariners, for all intents and purposes, right now it just looks like they're stockpiling young kids and getting ready to just release them all at the same time so that the service clock is in their favor and they won't have to pay anything in payroll. And that's where we're at. And boy, oh boy, do we have trouble in River City, so to speak. In the Emerald City. In every city that manipulates service time. Mm-hmm. Um, do we want to get to Trevor Bauer? We're starting to run long. Do we want to get to Bauer? I'm sure he's going to say something between now and next week that we can just tack on to what he's already said. Yeah, just he's going for everybody's throat, and he's put the league on notice, and the league is noticing. Yeah, so I think that's going to be a good topic for next week because I'm sure something's going to be said between now and then. And if not, I mean, Trevor Bauer is always evergreen content, so that's what you call in the biz a tease. Um, Over this next week, don't send your dick to anybody. Um, Don't, uh, I mean, try not to make any racist comments. Don't Don't call into your local Rotary Club. Please do not call into the Rotary Club. They can end your career. Support your local Rotary Club. Don't confuse all the members when it was probably somebody asked about why there's potholes or how do we provide clean water and he went off about how we're going to manipulate Jared Kalenic's service time. You want to talk about the potholes or you want to talk about how I'm fucking this 21-year-old over? (laughs) I wasn't sure where you were going with that after the Mickey Mickey talk. Oh my god. Good good call. Gotta keep me honest. I love it. I love it. I don't love that conduct, but I love uh, doing the show with you. We are back, and it, and baseball is back. Hey, uh, did your team do any good this weekend? Because I don't, I couldn't even tell you any scores. I know the Indians won the, their first game of spring training. I know the Yankees lost their first game. Gary Sanchez went down on three pitches, so he's in mid-season, mid-season form. form. Oh yeah, he's he's looking good. Um, I know they won today. Jameson Tyon looked good. Garrett Cole looked decent. Listen, the Yankees if. If Aaron Judge and Stan can stay on the field, they'll be fine. But so far, you know, first couple of games, I'm not reading too much into it. I know the Indians aren't on, aren't even on TV till March 17th. So oh, uh, yeah, fucking woof. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so don't send your dick to anybody. Uh, you know, support your local Rotary clubs. Be okay with nicknames, and um, I actually don't mind what Trevor Bauer's doing. So if you if you if you got if you talk your shit, back it up. Um, and that's all we got. Seven. Always a pleasure, my friend. Always. All right, we'll see you guys next week. Enjoy spring print training baseball. We're out. See ya!